Hello everybody and welcome to Brunvagoon. You will not get there on a road bike. Great news this week and uh, I'm gonna throw everything on you in one second. First of all, thank you. Thank you for being here with me for all this time, for listening, rating, reviewing, sharing, subscribing. Everything like this. Please continue to do it because I'm super happy to have all these people around me. Second thing, thanks to Open. I finally got back on my bike, went outside, had an amazing gravel ride, the one that you are getting back home completely muddy and happy. And the only way that I can do it is with my Open Up. Probably the best gravel bike out there and I'm super happy for that. I went out with Saturday with Andrea, my friend, and also at a certain point we stopped in the hoods and we got an amazing coffee. There are some photos out there in the Instagram. Actually, I think I need to post one of those. So yeah, if you are considering to be out in the hoods, consider to get an open up. And uh, anyways, consider to go to the website where you will find a lot of amazing content as well, apart from amazing bikes. That's it, I would say, but we were talking about content, don't we? Last week, it was the first issue of my uh, recurrent. I cannot be so much specific. I'm thinking about doing it monthly. I'm talking about a newsletter. I decided to put together some thoughts or some things that I write and then some links. Links about bicycle stuff, podcasts and everything else, stuff related to music and some cool things. If you, how can I do that? At the moment, probably the subscribing links is on my description, Instagram description. Apart from that, I will probably put an article on Calamaro CC so you can subscribe and or just let me know. You know, Calamaro CC is my Instagram account. Hello at calamaro.cc is my email and let me know and I will put you inside or send you the link so you can subscribe. You can find it also on my LinkedIn, everywhere, really everywhere. So please be sure to subscribe to get some info about, no, from myself pretty often. This week episode, I'm gonna I'll talk a lot about culture, culture, art, cycling and gravel, uh, because I'm talking with an amazing character, an amazing person, human being. We spent a couple of hours talking some weeks ago and it was really, really truly inspired. So after I recorded it, I really stuffed and let a lot of things sediment in my head. And then yesterday I edited the episode and everything bounced back. And uh, really listen to that. It's really, really a lot expiring. And go to okay my guest is dustin klein so go on youtube and go on dustin klein look for dustin klein and then you will find all the series of his videos everything has been done and you're gonna see how cool is to follow his rides and his ideas and his concept it's really really great please do it before to leave you to my interview together with Dustin, I just want to tell you one thing. During the interview, we talked about Grind Duro Switzerland. At the time of the recording, it was still supposed to happen in 2020. Last week, I received the email and they uh, postponed it of one year. So everything is going to be pushed forward of one year. I'm super sad because of that, because it would have been my first ride together with my brother, bringing him together with all the community of cyclists, all my friends were there, 
a lot of friends were supposed to be there and stuff so i wanted to introduce him to the real cycling that we all love we're talking about gravel gravel as a concept not only as a surface taking it easy loving adventure enjoying some good time drinking a coffee or a beer we have to wait for one year but i think it's still okay this year is pretty special so it's okay so yeah uh, if you're listening at the end of this interview myself talking about Guenduro that it would still supposed to happen it's not gonna be like this it's not gonna happen in 2020 it's gonna happen in 2021 anyways go to grainduro.com switzerland and give them a bit of support if you can now i will drop the ball here I think it's okay. And I will let you continue listening to my voice and Dustin's voice talking about a lot of amazing things. So guys and girls and everybody out there, I truly believe that today I'm going to have as a guest here a person that is going to speak more than me. I will start with this one. Hi, Dustin. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm really good. What do you think? Are you going to talk more than me or... Ah, that's a tricky one. I get, it depends on what you what you set me off on. <laughs> perfect, perfect. I don't know. Just to give a bit of context there, um, I'm talking with Dustin Klein. It's Klein, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I'm saying it in a German way. Klein should be. And uh, I think that most of the people here know you, but for sure, if people know you, know you because mostly about your uh, YouTube videos. And everybody can see there that you talk a lot and you make everything riding so much entertaining. And that's amazing. That's why I decided that probably it was good to have a chat between us in the broom wagon. Let's see what can come out. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see what also unveils. <laughs> yeah. First of all, before an intro about yourself, tell me more or less the context. Where are you at the moment and what you are doing exactly now? Okay, well, at this exact moment, I'm in Portland, Oregon, in North America, and mm -hmm. I am on my trainer talking to you. <laughs> it's completely silent. How can you do that? I, I put very, very little amounts of watts into doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but are you are you going also count this one apart from, as an interview as well as a training or it's just gonna be something like keep your legs spinning yeah it's just a spin my setup right now i do a, a weekly thing called a ride stream which is i stream it it's a live ride on zwift now i'm getting winded Damn, that, we gotta delete these virtual hills <laughs> <laughs> okay and, so yeah, it can happen, man. You put yourself in the trainer. Maybe you put yourself in Watopia. You don't know where you hand to. Yeah, exactly. The um, but my setup is is just set up around the the trainer. So it okay. It's just what it was. And I was like, well, I might as well just sit on this thing while we're talking. So so that's where I am. I'm not like crazy bike obsessed guy where everything has to be on the bike. I'm actually slightly embarrassed of it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So perfect. I have Dustin on the other side in his pen cave, putting some water on his legs while talking with me. That's amazing. Pen cave. Oh, it's more like a, yeah. It's uh, more or less your garage, here, right? More than your pen cave. Yeah. Well, this is the basement. It's like sewing studio, live stream studio, <laughs> storage uh, boxes. <laughs> how, are the, how are your races, rides, no rides, I think, group rides doing their streams? Are they doing good? Do you have some good time with people on the other side of the video? Or Yeah, I, you know, right now I've just been doing a lot of experimenting with it and just 
trying to figure out the right formula. Mm -hmm. And I, I just am really excited about the idea of streaming rides with Zwift. And now I've been wanting to integrate other people. So last week I did my first, I had my first guest, a friend of mine, Josh Ross, and mm -hmm. we chatted during the ride and I we just live streamed it and it's kind of out there. I'm uh, really big on the philosophy of just starting something and just doing it and figuring it out as I go. I'm not the biggest like plan this big thing and then reveal this perfect you know result. I'm more of a get it going, clean it up as it goes. The process and the project develops on its own through the act of doing it. So this is exactly that, which is produced live for everybody to see every single week. What the hell? <laughs> I love it. Actually, it's learning and producing things by doing them and by failing. That's the perfect thing. That's the only way that I think you can really get a lot of knowledge. 100% is, yeah. Well, I mean, you could read books and plan it out and... I guess you, though, at some point you do got to just start. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Because if you plan too much for starting something, there is the risk. It's probably not as big if you're motivated, but there's still some risk that you will never start. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's. I think maybe it is for me that if I think about it too long, I can kind of think myself into a corner and then it's like, well, you kind of think yourself out of it. And I'm just like, just such a like doer so i get an idea like what are the things i need to start doing it just start doing it and then clean it up on the way really because if it you know if it totally doesn't work you'll know so you can just move on but if there's something there you you know there's all it's kind of the the chase the 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 journey continues you're like oh there's like a kernel over there let's try that side mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I, I guess it keeps it interesting. So it's the same attitude that you have also on the bike, right? You go out on the bike, you ride your trail or whatever. And then if you find something like a turn on the left that you have never done, you go there and just test it out. Not all the time, but there's definitely times where we are open to that or I'm open to it, depending on the scenario. But for sure, I mean, like there's certain rides that are just built around that. You're like, I think this is going to work, but with the, like a new route that you build digitally... Mm -hmm. and you go try in real life, there are, you're almost guaranteed that it won't work. <laughs> so it's just like experimentation, getting prepared to be lost. Then it turns into this survival game of like, okay, how much food do we have? And where was the last stream for water? And how much daylight do we have? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, I digress. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty perfect. Then, Dustin, I think that we are there at the time. Can you give us a small intro about yourself? Oh, my name is Dustin Klein. I am a lifestyle cyclist. I've been involved with cycling since 2000, where a job uh -huh. as a bike messenger fell squarely in my lap. I went on to become, uh, I went on to found Cadence Collection and Fast Friday. I was an original MASH member, and now I do a weekly it's like a tri-weekly video series on YouTube called Everything's Been Done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tell us more about that. So tell me a bit more about this video series. Everything's Been Done is a, I say weekly, but right now I'm putting out three pieces of content each week. Yeah. Uh, cycling and making based, it's basically like a creative outlet based around cycling of audiovisual, so videos um, about rides and gear and just telling 
entertaining stories and experiences to inspire, motivate, and entertain other cyclists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I remember, for example, that yeah, you have these kind of videos that you talk a bit more about the mechanical thing and how to, uh, let's say, adapt your bicycle for your needs. And then on the other side, I've seen also yourself working out on your backyard. Right. For everything related to that and uh, all the adventure that you do on the bike. I think it's a pretty kind of, I don't know, diverse and a completely complete set of experience that you have every day that you put on videos to inspire people. Oh, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. In the beginning, it was a lot of just, I was just compelled to make these. I'd seen some, a friend of mine showed me some videos on YouTube and I was like, oh, I can totally make something like that. Because at the core, I'm like a very DIY person. And these YouTube videos, and a lot of them were vlogs, were just one person doing a thing, editing themselves, publishing themselves. And I was like, this is totally my style. Like, I can completely do this. I'm not afraid to be in front of the camera. There's all this opportunity for creative things. There's no ceiling to it. Time is the ceiling. And... Yeah, and it, you know, so just start doing it consistently. And, you know, in the beginning, they were kind of scattered and all over the place because I just didn't know, like, what I wanted to say or how to even do it, what the subjects would be. And they've slowly kind of gotten tighter and tighter over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Another thing that you were saying, actually, maybe we can start with a couple of words also from here. Uh, you were saying that you are a totally... Uh, do-it-yourself person, right? And actually, I appreciate a lot, and I think that the last one I saw it last week or two weeks ago, I don't remember, um, is kind of a video or a video series or whatever that you call Not a Mechanic. Yes! How do you deal with that? You just learn things by doing and by failing, and then you call your friends in order to help you. I think that the video that I watched was you wanted to change your four... Tell me more about that. I don't want to say... Dude, it's like anyone that works, anyone that's into cycling is like so common. I had a fork that I got. I wanted to put one of those gravel shocks on this bike, uh, a bomb track. It's a carbon fiber uh, gravel bike. XTC, what is the name of it? The XTC, right? Yeah, bomb track hook. E X T C. Exactly. Damn it. Longest name. Um, so then I was like, okay, I'm going to switch this fork out and this, oh dude, even dumber than that. Originally it was supposed to be on this other bike, get the fork, realize it doesn't fit this other bike. I painted that whole other bike cause I disassembled it. Then I realized that I could put the fork on the bomb track. So then I have two bikes where the forks are taken off and I got to bleed brakes and couldn't, I bled one bike and I figured it out and I, another one, I couldn't figure it out and. I had a, I have a mechanic buddy that I can call the lifeline on and he actually like really helped even though through the whole process, I was like, this is not the right thing. This is, this is wrong. And in the end he was right, which kind of blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't, a long-winded way to say, I basically document myself trying to figure out this headaches of working on bikes that so many people can relate to. Mm-hmm. And put it out there for some silly reason. <laughs> I think it was perfect. How is it doing the bike now? It's good. I can't figure out how to... T- uh, I don't even know what's called tuning it. It feels soft. 
the shock i don't know anything about shocks either okay 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 but it's cool it's different yeah yeah, yeah. the important thing is that it's rideable is it mm. 100%. That's perfect. That's perfect. Man, I want to ask you a question because all the time I'm watching your videos and then I watch your garage or basement or whatever it is. Seems like you have so many bicycles. How many bicycles do you have and which ones? I have a lot of bicycles. I think it's yeah. like 14. Oosh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, should I try and go? Do you want me to go through them? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's say that probably... But yeah, it's anyways, we can do whatever. Yes, go through that if you can. Okay. Uh, so we have a, I have a Decordi, like a 1990s Decordi mm -hmm. road bike that's set up as a commuter with a basket. Mm -hmm. There's a, a handmade truck bike that the rumor has it, it was a specialized hard rock that someone modified into a truck bike, which uh -huh. is crazy. There is oh, so you'll have to count. I'm just gonna rattle off the bikes. <laughs> I think that we are at two. Okay, go That's for good, the yeah. Then there's a, a humble, which is a handmade steel bike from a builder in Chicago that I hand painted with the commotion okay. style. Okay. There's a, a tarmac road bike, which is the trainer bike, okay. uh, which I also painted. There's okay. a Villier oh. Cento 10, which is crazy high-end electronic space machine road bike mm -hmm. there are two uh villier yenas which is their gravel bike one of them oh one of them i hand painted to match my camper van and okay. then the other one i designed a camo commotion style with them and went to italy and had that applied to the bike via water transfer there's videos about both of those <laughs> okay uh, there's the bomb track, which is a six color camo pattern that I also painted. There, my hand also, also this yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. There's Eight. a video about that too. There's yeah. a titanium refugio by Stinner, which is their gravel bike, which I also <laughs> painted with them. Okay. There's a theme going on there. There's, <laughs> um, uh, Rat King steel road bike that mm -hmm. I did the graphics for. And uh, helped a small builder out with that. That thing's pretty cool. There's a Richie Breakaway steel road bike, which is a full-size road bike that splits in half and has its own case. And it's so great for travel. The airlines never ding you for oversize with it. It's awesome. Oh, so okay. it actually does pay for itself, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is a Richie Ascent, which is a just like a gravel rambler steel no bullshit heavy duty bike big 650b's on it mm -hmm. there's a p 29er with a rigid fork okay uh i'm taking the count there it seems like there's missing one then there's the specialized diverge okay which is a carbon commuter monster mm -hmm. and that maybe that's there might be something else somewhere but i can't think of it right now and you're riding all of them daily. <laughs> no, not maybe daily, but regularly. It, they, they rotate through and it's, I mean, it's like more money, more problems kind of like having a ton of bikes is just like a ton of maintenance. So okay. you're like, oh, this bike needs a chain and this bike needs tires. And, and then I'll get, I'll do stupid stuff like, oh, I want to put the fork from that bike on this bike. And then that opens up Pandora's box of nightmare. Because you're like, oh, then this thing and that thing and these parts don't thread into that. And oh my God. 
bikes, man, they're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. So perfect. So we went through the old bikes or whatever, but how everything started? So how did you get into bikes and how it is actually proceeding? I think what it originally started from was my dad used to put me on the back of his road bike with one of those kid haulers that, would, that sits behind the, the, the saddle of the rider and ride me around town mm -hmm. to get me to go to sleep as a kid. And then I really think that that like planted a seed with cycling. But then, you know, BMX bike, little kid stuff. And in 2000, I fell into a job as a bike messenger. And that's where things like really focused because there's a, such a culture around cycling. It had this freedom. It was like illegal. It was tough. It was just like cool. Totally spoke to like a, you know, a, a 20 year old. And then from there, it just kind of, my path was forever altered since that point. Okay. 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 And then there were different, uh, I would say phases on cycling in your life, because you're mentioning, you mentioned that you were a bicycle messenger, that you were one of the first or the first into mesh and then everything that happened till today. Can you describe the phases and in which phases do you think are, you are right now? I'm in the blue stage right now, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, um, yeah, so like fell into being a messenger and I had just like a crappy mountain bike at the time and just wanted something similar or simpler, simpler. Mm -hmm. And I started hearing, I actually was reading a book called The Immortal Class and it was about bike messengers in New York and they were talking about track bikes and I was like, what are these? I was in Sacramento, California at the time. Nobody had a track bike. I would go to San Francisco to get tattooed. And the guy who was tattooing me, his name is Mike Giant, he had a track bike. And I was like, oh, this is what I need. And there was like this whole world around it. It was, it was obscure in like messenger almost. Like normal people didn't even know what track bike were, track bikes were. So got into track bikes through messenger and that just kind of turned into a huge boom with the i moved to san francisco then mash sf happened i started a clothing company called cadence and it just was all based off of the track bike and just kind of rode that wave it was so cool it was it was like a global phenomenon and from there i slowly got into road bikes and then like uh cross bikes off it basically, it was like what we call gravel now, but with cross bikes, because gravel wasn't quite defined yet. And longer distance rides, endurance stuff, more road riding. And then at one point I thought like, oh man, like I'm doing these big rides all the time. Like, I feel like I want to do something with them. It's like, you know, 12 hours of your day for this ride. I was like, I, I want to like document these because they're people are weird and they're fun and they're kind of gnarly and all this stuff. And that's where the videos kind of came in. It was a way to kind of capture these crazy experiences that me and my friends were having. Yeah, it's perfect. And actually right now I can see actually from your videos and stuff that you are basically mostly prevalently only riding on gravel. Yeah. And part of that, I mean, there's, you know, there's waves in cycling, which I'm down to go with the wave, like whatever feels right. And also the area that we live in, it's just like ripe for that type of terrain. And I didn't, I still don't really know like mountain bike stuff. So 
I'm super open to it. I'm very curious, but I just haven't like dabbled into that realm yet. I've kind of come from like the road track bike, road bike, cross bike, gravel bike. So like this bizarre connection to drop bars and endurance more than like flat bars and like, I don't know. I just don't know that culture, but I'm so curious. Like why, why aren't more people riding mountain bikes for long endurance gravel rides? Like, why not? Like, where's the point? Where does that, I'm really curious of where that line gets really blurry, like smaller tires on mountain bikes or like shocks on gravel bikes. Or what about drop bars on gravel, but or on mountain bikes, like, what? <laughs> you know? No, 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 I completely see the point. Talking about that, so I'm a bit looking pretty closely, also thanks to my collaboration with Silk Road Mountain Race and Atlas Mountain Race and all these kind of races uh, that Nelson is building up. And uh, how do you see yourself? Do you think that in the future you can also do one of those event races in order to put yourself outside into competition? Or your idea is a bit more into... Let's see what I can get and let's see how I can, uh, I don't know, express myself using the bike and get the best out of the experience that can be there. Yeah, like I, I think it like simply summed up for me is rides over races. Okay. Like I'm just not competitive. It kind of kills it for me. There's too much pressure. It's just like I'm out. Like it's just not interesting. Not to say that I won't do. I rarely do them but you know if like a grinduro or something like sure like i can i can get it but it's not it doesn't call to me so the bulk of what i do is just these the, uh, amazingly out of the pacific northwest which is where i live there's a group of people called our mother the mountain they go by omtm and they're essentially like they're essentially a route building community and they build these epic routes in the area, all over the area, and they share them. And every once in a while, they'll do like a group ride on them. But you don't have to ride them as a group. They, they just have a route library of all these epic experiences. And those tend to be, to me, it's like that's the most fun. Like, why wouldn't you want to do this? It's, it's such an adventure. It's such an experience. Like, go in one side and come out the other side with, you know, from like one to 50 friends and it's just i i don't know like i don't see the the experience is enough like i don't see a need to try and do it as fast as i can okay but yeah i don't know like that's just kind of and then also with filming it, it totally helps a lot too because i'm not trying to like i wouldn't film and race because then i would just be focused on because racing is about winning right i, I would think yeah, yeah. i don't know can you convince me? <laughs> no, I don't, because actually I'm exactly on your side and it's not that easy to find people like me because I'm exactly right to you. I, when, let's put it in this way, it happened a couple of times that I, I was putting myself in the list for a race. Well, all the time that they put the transponder on my bike, my my brain completely switched off and I think, why the hell should I do it? I don't care. I just want to take as much time as possible in order to absorb all the experience that I have there. So yes. for me, it's exactly the same. And actually, I found myself pretty, pretty close to you. It was one of your videos. You received, I remember, I think it was the Fox Fork. It was written something like about racing, made to race, and now start racing. I don't remember. And then oh, yeah. you cross it and you post right 
as a yes. Saturday thing. I don't care to, you know, I don't care to be out and say, I don't know, uh, let's go out. I want to finish this race. I want to finish this track. I want to finish this parkour in less than five hours. If I can take three hours or 10, I prefer to take 10 because it means more time outside and a bit more enjoyment on that. So I'm completely on your side with that. I don't know why. Of course, I truly believe that for the races that I mentioned, there are people that are there out in order to compete and in order to arrive first. And it's fine for me. But most of the people are out there just in order to experience, for example, the landscapes, the yeah. panoramas, and the experience itself, how much is it? And uh, well, that's exactly my kind of spirit, and I really, I really actually enjoy on seeing that most of the most of the time, actually all the times, so you're doing exactly the same. Also, when you are taking part, do you um, actually I don't know how their name their name is, and I'm super sorry for that. The gathering that Chromie is doing, I don't remember. Oh, you yeah, the gravel happens. Exactly, the gravel happens. Also, there is not about do it as fast as you can, but doing it at its best in terms of experience yeah that's a good way to say that yes uh how would you actually how would you describe those kind of gatherings or whatever how does it happen how can you participate to that well i guess it depends on who's organizing the event but really they're just group rides at the okay. at the base of them um yeah like the omtm ones they just have like a, an email list and a instagram account and they'll just be like hey we're gonna do this route in two weeks and then everyone gets all excited and like 100 to 200 people show up the the one hook though with them is it's kind of like um you know messenger style with alley cats like they're not sanctioned rides they're the you know we're, we'll cross over into logging roads and like it's this kind of gray area of like it, it's this funny mix because they don't necessarily want a ton of people to go because it it can kind of ruin it and if people get hurt you know they're like who's liable like if someone gets caught for trespassing like so it's this funny thing of like they almost for the omtms they almost need to be more underground but like a, a grindero where a gravel happens that's where it hits this other category of like organized event and then there's flaggers or uh, feed zones and things. There's an organization called Cycle Oregon that does a two-day, they just call it gravel event. And it's it's great. It's like so taken care of. And there's free beer at the part where you wow. camp and there's food everywhere on the routes. So it's like that would be the extreme end. And then the other end is OMTM where you're like, you have to bring a water filter because if you don't, you're going to you run out of water and there's no food and you know you're, everyone's liable for themselves you need the route on your garmin like okay yeah it's, that's the real adventure yeah well that one feels more adventure for sure yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me a bit more about the community that is around it. Are you actually, there is all the time the same people taking part of those? Or are you talking about the MTM? Or uh, all the time there are people, new people joining? Is it growing? Or actually you are telling me that they want to keep it at least a bit more underground at huge events. But how is it? Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's very grassroots. So they don't, they're not looking to grow. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of doing their thing. But I would say that it is, it seems to be getting bigger and bigger each year. I'm completely responsible slash irresponsible for that because okay. I, pr I promote them on YouTube. Like 
who, you know, I, I kind of glorify them. Like, here's these crazy experience. Like who, if, who is into cycling, who wouldn't want to go do something like that, you know? So, but there, there's still the core of people. They're like the core group of people. Like, I always think it's hilarious. Like what a bunch of nuts we are. Like, <laughs> this is what we do for fun. We go and like suffer across some mountain, like starving and like hunting for water and filthy for for fun it's like so hilarious and weird yeah it looks pretty i don't know uh, attractive for me you know you're just going out and enjoying your experience and enjoying your adventure it's perfect what do you want to do most you know yeah 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 and then it's so fun to do with these like because everyone's such a personality and cycling attracts such unique individuals so why not get more of them together and mix them all up it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's exactly the thing that I'm saying all the time is inclusivity. You don't care about what bicycle the other people are riding, if it's a mountain bike, if it's a carbon bike, if it has, it has fenders or not, which from where people are coming, which one is the status or whatever. It's just putting everything together and live together an experience that usually you don't live together. Um, that's the best the best thing don't make indifferences just inclusiveness and that's perfect yeah i love it and that's one thing that's cool about the whole gravel category is it's this funny mismatch of all this stuff and it's great because it it can't be too pigeonholed and everyone that rides a weird thing like shakes up the definition of it and to me that keeps it interesting and exciting you don't need the new blah 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 like you know, there's people on like 80s mountain bikes that do this stuff. It's awesome. There's not so much difference at the end of the day for a hardtail uh, mountain bike in the 80s and a steel gravel bike of today, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, that's the thing. Everyone's like, dude, we've already gone through this. And like, sure, that's fine. We're still having fun, you know? Like, uh, Cool. We're just doing yeah. it with like different things. Yeah, exactly. By the way, talking about fenders, now something comes into my mind. What's going on in Portland with fenders? Seems like everybody has one and mudguards. It rains like nine months out of the year and like a <laughs> lot. And fenders are really like the answer. It keeps your drivetrain clean. It keeps your clothing so much more clean, your shoes, the people behind you. It's, it's just like... It makes so much sense. It's ridiculous it not to. I don't even know how, like, it makes so much sense that it it's almost a requirement. You ride without one enough, you're like, oh, obviously I'm not doing this right. Like, you just get soaked and filthy, and you're like, there's got to be a solution. And there is. Okay, okay. It makes a lot of sense. But actually, so you're telling me that 90% of the time in that side of the world, so in Portland, rains. But how would you say that the community, the bicycle culture there is so strong? As Am I wrong in saying that Portland is probably the biggest community cycling community in the US or? It definitely has like a big cycling reputation. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's the big, because it's not the most populated city. Like mm -hmm. I, the cycling culture in San Francisco and LA is like booming and the weather's so much better and like there's so many more people so you know it's just a different degree of it but yeah there's like a lot of dedicated people here the weather sucks in the winter because it's it will hover just around freezing but it will be raining and it's that's like the worst time to ride a bike because then the ground gets kind of icy but it's still wet and you're soaking but it's freezing it's it's brutal 
I don't know why people ride their bikes so much here. <laughs> a good question. Yeah, but I would say that actually, wow, it's it's perfect. No, because actually all the time that are listening or watching videos or whatever, everybody talks about Portland with this kind of super deep cycling community. And that's amazing. Yeah, well, and also it's it's has been like a uh, an affordable city. So then just like uh, I think Berlin had like a vibe of this for a while, like all these artists and makers will move there because it's affordable and it's a city. And then that makes such a good culture. And, and then it just kind of builds off of that. It has like a similar vibe to that. So there's a lot of frame builders and bike shops. There's a messenger culture. The riding is awesome. There's tons of good riding, just every direction from here. The, the Northwest has just tons of national forests. Like uh-huh. outdoor culture is like a, such a thing here well you are saying you are kicking off this topic and probably we can talk through that and you are saying that it's amazing to ride in portland there are a lot of i don't know trails and uh, things and unexplored tracks of course tell me which one is your favorite backyard ride the one that you do all the time and you or maybe the area the thing that you are doing all the time and you're thinking okay that's an amazing place or here i still have a lot to discover hmm well the the closest backyard like forest experience is this 30 acre park called forest park in portland and it's this it traverses this ridge for 30 miles on either, you know, uh, for 30 miles. And it's, it's so awesome. You can do a quick hour and a half ride on it. Like uh, during the week, it's very, it's great. And there's all kinds of little spur trails. And at night you can do some of the single track, no bike stuff. Um, but that's the, you kind of get to know that pretty good just cause it's so close. And it's, it's like, the central park of portland but it's like five times the size okay. i don't know if that's true but <laughs> um and then there's just forest every direction so it's it's i think the best stuff is that there's so much to choose from that you're not always it's not like we always have to go east to ride this area it's like we can go east we can go south we can go west we can go north it's great it's so because then what that'll do is it'll keep it interesting you know like if you're always doing something different when you come back it feels excuse me it feels different and then the seasons really change all the routes too so then it's like this constant variable of or a a constant wave of newness through all these spaces so it's can get kind of hard to get bored of stuff yeah 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 of course so we talked a lot about the, probably the main way that you're expressing yourself or uh, let's say bicycle seems like is a huge part of your life and also of your self-expression. But going through your uh, story, your website, and then, for example, in talking here about your project into tattooing or you told me and you are telling us that you designed some uh, cycling kits and talking about cadence or other apparel things or yeah even just composition and uh, art in general seems like also art is a big part of your life tell me more about that yeah i i guess just like at the core i'm an artist and i'm just an artist that ended up getting involved with cycling and so you know like 
like an artist just needs to make things. So I just make things like it really, um, it's kind of whatever I feel moved to make, you know, with based off of like whatever references or cultural things like, cause you know, I'm not like, Oh, just make, make this for like, if someone's like make up me some pottery, I'd be like, I don't know that that doesn't really sound interesting. Um, but there's, I'm always kind of chasing down the, oh, maybe I should say I'm a visual artist too. So I don't really met, dabble with music so much or I guess maybe performance because the videos, but then the videos are a visual. <laughs> oh, I'm <No>. so confused. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess it's, yeah. Yeah, I can see the point, actually. You are for sure an artist, but in the doing part of art. So something like really getting challenges all the time in order to, to take out your creativity. That's the meaning. Yeah, okay, I like this. Like, what do you mean opposed? Uh, so the doing, 100% that's me. But what would the other, what would an, an other version be? Like a thinking kind? Yeah, 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 of course. A thinking kind or an expression, uh, yeah, an expression, expressivity on the thinking of, for example, on producing stuff that are less visual than the thing that you're doing. Ah, yeah, yeah. Because like you're putting yourself in everything that you have, you have that you have in front of you. I mean, uh, you're putting yourself on the tattoo you're doing, the um, the lines that you're doing in uh, clothing, uh, the bicycle that you paint. You know, something like you put out your creativity and your self-expression and this kind of thing. On the other side, you can have, for example, the thinking part for sure, the philosophical thing that, anyways, are coming out from your work because with your production of video, whatever you're really expressing as well a way of you doing things yeah that's interesting yeah i like that Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, that's what I uh, what I was thinking because, anyways, you know, everybody thinks that okay, an artist is a musician and that's it, right? Or uh, an artist can be a painter or whatever. Well, an artist is really a doer, somebody who is doing something in his own way and expressing it and sharing it. So that's why I was thinking a doing a doer in this thing. Yeah, no, you nailed it for sure. And mm-hmm. also, that kind of brings up an interesting thing of like. I feel like for a long time I've been confused on like what the hell is an artist? Like it's such a loaded term. Like you must paint or you must produce these things or like it can kind of like you can, it's easy to build up a lot of blocks around stuff too. Cause it's like, Oh, well that's, it's supposed to be this or it should be that. And like, I just want to like, I don't know, tear up paper and stick it into piles or whatever. Like, I, I think a lot of it is just about making work of some capacity. And through that, the the work will inform you of kind of what directions it needs to go. And it's, you know, not getting so caught up on like, I need to create like this kind of painting or this sort of sound, like just doing the thing, which goes back to what I was saying earlier, is just start fucking doing it and clean it up as you go. And it, there's such a conversation between the work and the maker of like, okay, cool. Like, oh, I think it it needs to move this way or, oh, it definitely needs to move that way. And it's, it's so interactive in that sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I completely, yeah, I completely see your point and I completely see actually the conversation going in this direction in general, because sometimes, you know, I think that we are, uh, I would say 
from uh, I would say 60s, 70s, maybe 70s, 80s and onwards, I truly believe that everything was really well categorized. So an artist is somebody who is, as I was as we were saying, a painter, a musician or whatever, and blah, blah. But you cannot put, put really boundaries and limits to something that is art. Everything that is about expression of itself, you were mentioning before performances, you were mentioning everything, really, everything that expresses a way of feeling, a way of saying things, and a way of expressing everything in a different way, then, well, this is art. You don't need to, to write, you don't need to, uh, to paint, you don't need to whatever it is to be an artist. You just need to show people your way of seeing things and let people see things in a different way. That's an artist, in my opinion. Yeah, and then would I, I don't even know exactly what the definition of expression of express is. Is it almost like to filter something through you? Uh, that's an amazing question. Uh, let's go into that. I truly believe it's not filtered things into you, but actually is. But yeah, well, it is because on the other side, it's something like um, communicating with the outside world your way of seeing what you have inside. So it's something like expressing, yes, communicating, throwing out your view of things, your point of view that are, can be different without having any without having any filters. That's what I mean. Going out completely just by having the idea and just to, to show it to people without judge or putting boundaries on that, just doing it. Yeah, so I, I rarely think of it. I rarely think of it in terms of communicating but it, I guess inevitably any kind of thing that you put, again, a visual. So like any kind of mark one would make is like, I guess that is a type of communication, even if it wasn't intended to be communication, mm-hmm. question mark. Well, I would say that actually communication is everything that is uh, doing something. Because even if, I don't know, uh, let's put something like an example that can be basic. Uh Even just having and cooking food or whatever dish in a certain way, this is already communication, in my opinion. Or uh, moving from one side to the other, using a bike or using a train or using whatever, that's another way of communication. It's just telling out to people that are different ways of doing things by using the tool that you want. That's what I think is communication. I truly believe, also because, yeah, just put it in clear, I studied literature, so literature and communication are my things. So that's why I truly believe that everything from the form to the matter itself, it's really all the time, everything is communication. It's not just putting things in a certain way and communicate it to somebody else. You can also communicate by doing something, and that's really communication. And then would you say that expression is the style of communicating? Ah, that's another great question. Uh, the expression is uh, is the living of the communication that you are doing more than the style, because the style can be something artificial. Wait, the so is the, is the is what of communicating? That, sorry, it's the what of communicating. Uh, the expression is the what of communicating. Yes, I truly believe so. So it's something natural. Is expression is yourself telling something through the communication path. So is yourself interpreting, that's the way, interpreting in your own way the thing that you are putting out. Sure, okay. So then I I did think of that as style, but you're right, that style 
is also there's we're using these like kind of heavy words so they have a lot of meanings too because style can also be superficial but superficial style... and artificial as well that's artificial, what they're yeah yes because the style can be artificial the expression usually is the ne most natural way of communicating but then I would also say that the way that like I talk, there's a style to it and it's just the way that I talk. It's not necessarily uh, like, oh, I'm going to talk this way. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's for sure. Uh, the style, yeah, the style can also be natural, of course. But the overlayer of that is that, yeah, probably style can also be something like following a wave that somebody else track and just thinking that for you is natural, but it's not. It's just a style because you have a common path in uh, also other things. Well, the expression is only you. I can only ah. think about expression like a personal thing. But then I would say that expression is based highly off of experience and experience can be massively altered by environment, people, et cetera, et cetera. You are right, though. Yes, you're right. But then you can actually, how would you differentiate then expression with style? That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm saying. It's, I don't know. That's what I think. Actually, I think that style can be something that can be polluted while uh, the expression is a hundred percent yourself. Hmm, so authenticity plays into expression. Absolutely. Yes, we nailed it. Yeah, I think that we arrived at a certain point. Yes, yes, yes. I truly believe so now that I'm thinking, yeah. But then is there, um, so what is it when like a comedian does a, oh, that's impersonation. That's okay. Yeah. So yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, is the ex yeah, exactly. In this way is the impersonation of, yeah, giving yourself the meaning of something, but then it's something else. I truly believe. All right. I like that. Well, we figured that one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great conversation, this one, by the way. But yeah, I think that actually we, I truly believe that actually into this topic, it's so complicated to go through all these kind of layers and things because now we are also in a situation where it's so easy to express yourself, to communicate and to spread a style because now we have so many ways of doing it, right? And we have the stage, so we have so many stages that are easy to fill and easy to jump into. Well, probably we were talking about the 80s before and probably there there were a bit more boundaries and categories because, of course, only a certain amount of people and just a certain people can become an artist by being a painter, by being a writer, by being a musician. Now you just need to put yourself out and do something and then you have so many stages social media whatever digital media where you can actually do your own thing and express yourself but then here is the risk there is a risk that usually you can copy somebody else because there are so many examples while before it was a bit more unique because there were many uh, less ways and it was a bit more complicated to get out, get out and express yourself and commute and consume the art that was there i don't know if it makes sense yeah oh there's so many ways <clears throat> there's so many yeah. uh, spawn offs to respond on that one i think that um like copying is so i do a lot of drawing and copying is actually something that is very important because what it can do is it can give you reference it can give you a foundation it can give you like a something to stand on and I think a lot of times people are like, don't copy, it's bad, this and that. But actually, it's a really powerful way to learn. 
And then another tool to go on top of that is to see things that people are doing and things that maybe attract you or that you feel called to and just do them differently. And differently doesn't have to be extremely differently. It can just be, I mean, what I want to say is you just do them in your own way with your own voice and inevitably they will be different. Yes, yes. I completely see your point. And actually to add another small layer on that, also because now we have this stage, as we were saying, and probably we can say that. I truly, now watching back at my school time and watching back also, at my university time, it was not such a problem, but in my school time, Everybody was telling me, ah, yeah, don't copy this from this other person because it's always bad. No, don't try to find your own self and whatever. You can find your own self also by copying because it's yes. and oh. getting, absorbing what is out and then find your own way to do things differently from what you copy. And if, you have to, if we want to go nerd on that, and let's do that a second, um, everything that is at the moment, so something like uh, coding and uh, programming and then everything that is outside in the internet or whatever, I truly believe that without copying now, nothing new would come. Copying code-wise is exactly the thing to do. You take a bit of copy or a website or a design of a website or whatever it is out there digitally, you copy it and then you digest it and you throw out your own version of that. It's the only way to for evolution of this kind of thing. So yeah, you're completely right and I want to put the the extra power on this on your statement copying is not a bad thing if you do it for learning yeah well and then how i'll sort of dis, dis, uh, there's a word there i'm not getting kind of make the difference between the two is a uh, duplication and copying wow to me yeah. duplication is like a facsimile and that's just like i guess there's a time and a place but basically it's like that's just like duplicating there's no anything in that like copying is like learning kind of but um i I do think i love the coding reference because it's interesting how some i'm going to call that a culture how some cultures or mediums like really rely heavily on the copying and some cultures or mediums like like drawing or art it's stigmatized to copy so that's like a really cool like blurring the dif- definitions from these two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, absolutely. I've been working in digital world now so for such a long time. And uh, also there, everything that is a reference, if it, put everything into digital, put, put, the, put everything in the, um, into the um, application and software side. Well, how many designs, without talking about code, because I'm not engineer, I cannot say this, but just talking about the visual thing, the design part, how many times did you see, do you see stuff that are similar, but not the same? What do you want to say? Do we want to say that, for example, Instagram stories are a copycat of uh, Snapchat? Well, not, it is, it's pretty similar. It's almost the same, but it's different because it's a different philosophy behind it. Or I don't know, now the Facebook design that became, I don't know how it happened, pretty similar to the Twitter design. Is it a copy? Is another expression, it's another um, iteration of that, but you yeah. know? Yeah, interesting. I mean, there's, that kind of leads into the thing too, of like too much, Huh. Too much like, I guess, copying leads to stagnation. 
Because like when you say Facebook, automatically I think of like, oh, that's the 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 platform that feels the most like copying or like less original or like they don't really care. They're just like, oh, that works for them. This works for them. This is ours. Like it doesn't have that like innovative that push forward and this goes for everything from a design to a code to a car like things that it needs you get i don't know if it's like i actually think it, it is just the like the energy or the feeling that's put into it it needs something else instead of just like oh yeah putting these blocks on these blocks i'm done in a half an hour i can't wait to get out of here you know <laughs> that's true but put it in the other side we're talking social medias now Okay. Yeah. We're talking social medias now. We can also talk about bike on the same way. But okay, I'm not a fan at all of copying a thing because it's only what people want. But on the other side, if you put in the hands of people things that they are, they are already used to and uh, they are getting out to use it easily, gives in the hand of people as well the possibility of using whatever tool in their own way. So you're taking out maybe a tiny bit of uh, creativity creativity, sorry, on the producing side, but you're giving probably to the people in their hands a bit more of creativity in the using side. You know what I mean? Totally. And that makes such awesome sense and is really strong perspective because you almost, in that scenario... You don't want there to be too much creativity. Like this isn't your project. This is a platform for people to express their projects. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You have to give them the possibility to have something like, I don't know, it's a white paper. Yeah. They know how to use it and then give to the, to the people themselves. It's like, I don't know, it's like architecture. Of course, you have geniuses that also in the architecture, uh, in general, in something like the aesthetic on the outside or also in the inside, we're giving a lot of character on the building that they were putting on. But on the other side, for everyday life, you want to give people the most basic thing that you want, that you can, and then give the possibility to the people to shape their, their home, their buildings or whatever in their own way to make it unique and the most helpful for their daily life yeah and that's where i think of functionality mm -hmm. like making things that are functional is very different than like in like an art realm where things don't have to be functional at all and there's just like an interesting it's like such a different category you get this whole other set of rules and like responsibilities and things that of course, functional things can still be aesthetically pleasing, but they, I guess it's almost like the social media uh, analogy that you said, they just serve like such a different uh, set of things. They're just, I don't know how to say that. No, no, uh, no. <laughs> No, no, no. I completely see your point. And actually, as I was saying, uh, there is a, a big difference between stuff that needs to be functional in order to get the best out of the users and stuff that have to please the user. Ah, yeah. cool. I like that. So yeah. art need to, to make yourself richer by consuming it. Let's put it in this way. Other things needs to give you the power on taking out something for it. It's like, an, mm. I don't know, an art store and a hardware store. You know what I mean? Hardware yeah. stores provide you stuff that you can create your own thing. 
art store, painting store, uh, music store needs to give you something in order for you to get expired, uh, to inspired and to get, you know, better also in your life, to make yourself feel better and inspired. But I think of them both as they're both tool stores. Like that's where you go to get tools and equipment, both all of those. And then it's what you choose to do. Yeah, there's a funny thing with like, like there's making art and then like building something like, oh, okay. Like, and that's the functionality. Like it kind of, it is, there's a funny, like blurry line there of, well, why couldn't you make like an artistic house? What does that even mean? Like, does it need to exist? Of course it needs to function. Like this funny blurry line of creative functionality, I guess is what it would be. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Well, it was things like I was not thinking about going in this direction with our conversation, but it's amazing. When you talk with people like you, you know, you're also getting there in something like really theoretical conversation in order to get yourself a bit richer and to get something out of the conversation. Thanks a lot for that, Dustin. Oh, thank you. This was <laughs> very stimulating. <laughs> Super stimulating talk, exactly. That was amazing. Well, uh, I would love to talk about another couple of topics before we shut down the conversation. It's not shutting down, but in order to wrap everything <laughs> up, shut down, never. I hope that we'll continue this conversation in the future, actually. Um, I actually saw, uh, actually, the thing that I like the most, of course, the message that you are giving out from, um, uh, your, from your videos and everything are amazing, but actually the thing that kept me watching this is the music. Well, Dustin... Uh, Tell me, is it this, so the kind of music that you pull out or whatever, is your back, something like your uh, background music, the things actually that um, you grow into? How did you get into music in order to choose such an amazing soundtrack? I have always been it's attracted to music, which is almost like, you know, everybody grows up with cycling, most people. So I, I just... I think what really attracted me to music as a kid was the similar to the bike messenger stuff is it's this culture. I really enjoy subcultures and through that, I think it's established nuances and I can start to, from there I've appreciated like all these different genres and just trying to be as open as possible to different types of music. And then you just start to realize like what's like a good artist makes good music. Like, a good musician artist makes really good music. So it doesn't matter if it's from this part of the world or this time and place. So it's almost once, I don't know, not that I have some curated ear. It's uh, now I'm, I don't help. <laughs> um, but a, a lot of my music is from uh, Chances with Wolves. Basically all of it is from Chances with Wolves. And he is a DJ out of, I believe it's New York. And mm -hmm. man, he does powerful work because he harvests all these amazing songs from all over the world and across time and just puts them together. It, it, I can't claim anything. Like I just, he makes these piles of gold and then I just like pick out some coins that I use in, in episodes. Like it really is definitely worth listening to to anybody who wants hours and hours of awesome playlists that are really diverse. They're so cool. So yeah. chances with wolves, he's on SoundCloud. Perfect. Did you have a talk with him or? No, I just, 
I've, dude, I stumbled across his music so randomly. There, there was a brand called Polar Stuff. They had a store in Portland, and they had a shirt that said Chances with Wolves. And I was like, what is that? And amazingly, I think I looked it up later. And I was like, what the fuck? They collaborated with a DJ? Like, it was so confusing. And then I listened to it, and I was like, oh, well, this makes sense. Why? This guy's awesome. And then from there, I just was like, oh, these songs need to be in my videos. So, Okay, boom. we're going to give him or whatever, however it happened, we're going to talk with him and give him an i5 because it's really amazing the music that he's put together. He does amazing work. I don't know how... I could only imagine, like, how the hell do you listen to all that music and find just the good songs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really great. It's really, really great. Um, another thing that actually is also another thing that really attracts me a lot, and I watched it in one of your videos as well. It's your backyard, man. I mean, physical backyard. I saw yes. that actually you are farming there. You have your, I think you have some chicken there or whatever it is. Also some some animals. Whatever. It looks like a small farm. How is it going yeah. along? It's good. Uh, no more chickens. Those have yeah. have, have since passed. Uh, but I. You know, I've always been interested in permaculture, which is just like a, a vertical, sustainable approach to dealing with space. That's mm -hmm. like a silly way to explain it. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, I, I, and I don't fully commit to this. I just do what I can. And uh, I like I grow my own cannabis every year, stockpile mm -hmm. it. Uh, there's water catchment back there. We do some simple vegetables and things. I don't know. It just feels right working in the dirt and having living things around yeah, yeah yeah and actually i think that also cleans a bit your mind because you have to put really your focus on that when you're doing it so yeah it does take a lot of attention focus and knowledge i mean growing stuff is is crazy because you get this one window a year to start it and if mm -hmm. it doesn't work you gotta wait another year <laughs> yeah. it's like insane to me yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's super beautiful. It's super beautiful. I have a super good friend of mine. He was a developer talking about developers. Um, he was living in uh, the north of Italy, in Bologna. Then at a certain point, he something like quit everything. I said, enough for digital world. Now he's a farmer down to my birthplace in Calabria, in the south of Italy. And he tells me all the time the same thing. You think that your job is stressful? Well, do do some farming, do growing some plants and stuff, and then you will see what is. Because there you have just a certain time to do a certain thing in order to have results in six months. And then you can not really have any mistake. Otherwise, you have to wait for another year or two years. So it depends. Yeah, right. Even Sometimes it's more than a year. Yeah. So much respect. It's wow. Yeah, yeah. It's so beautiful. Man, how many kilometers have you done till now? I don't know. I shut it off because the resistance was making me too winded. <laughs> just, I've probably only gone like two. <laughs> Okay, so Dustin, uh, any plan for the future? What's your future is telling you? What are you trying new stuff or whatever? I think just focusing on the channel a little more, trying to take it a little bit more serious as far as like strategy goes. I've been very just, like I said, run and gun, just put it out there. And, and now I think it's time to sort of take it to like a little bit next level with being professional about like uh, strategy. So, which... It's kind of exciting and kind of not exciting, I guess. <laughs> well, well, losing a bit the track of the freestyle and do it spontaneous thing for sure. 
uh, can be yeah can be a bit hard. But on the other side, having a plan is also good because you don't you have only to think at the beginning and then learn after. But yeah, I'm a bit more the freestyle person, so I don't know. I cannot tell you that it's something that would fit me. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's balance. Like, you, there's a certain amount of just, like, spinning your wheels in the dirt. And it's like, okay, if I, like, plan a little bit more, I can get traction, basically, you know, to go with that analogy. I love it. I love it. Actually, you gave me a bit more of motivation to plan a bit more of my things. Anyways, I'm just faking and uh, I'm just <laughs> pretending not to have a plan. Damn it. I've been running a new episode of the podcast every week for four years now, and I have a pipeline that is super long, so I am just a pretender. It's not true. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> Man, tell us where we can find your channel, your stuff, your creation, your whatever, and your yeah. everything. Just uh, Google Dustin Klein, mm -hmm. Dustin Klein YouTube. You'll find all the videos. And then I have a website that has uh, personal works and visual art and such on there. Okay. Are you planning to come over here to Europe anytime soon when we are going to be allowed to move back? Man, I hope so. I really want to do some kind of travel. It would be cool to do some kind of like gravel event over there. I just don't know where in which country. So if you have any suggestions, it's very open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was planning really closely to do the um, the grind duro here in Switzerland. It was in an amazing area. Oh, it was cool. supposed to be at the end of June. Still, is there? Is in plan, and everything should be there. But I don't know what is gonna happen. Um, otherwise, there are so many uh, in uh, UK. There are so many events that are pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, also there, there are a couple of that are a bit more underground things here in the Black Forest. So oh, there cool. are some ones that they're going, uh, we're going to talk about that. Probably we can make a plan or stuff like this and you can actually join some of those. As I was saying, hopefully they're going to open the, the doors soon. Everything is going to be back on track, hopefully. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. No, but yeah, I just want to tell you that because every time that you're going to come here to Europe, give me a shout and please let's ride together because we have to continue this conversation about expression, communication and style. I love it. I can't wait. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> thanks a lot, Dustin. Thanks a lot for your time and thanks a lot for the amazing conversation. It was one of the most interesting one that I have had in a while. So thanks a lot for that. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Ciao. Ciao. I hope you enjoyed this amazing talk. And I hope also that Dustin didn't get so much you know, tired after our long conversation together with this long ride on the trainer. Yeah, talking about trainer today, I think I'm going to have another trainer ride. We are now allowed to go out, but still, weather is not the best. Okay, another day of traveling on the trainer it's fine but that's not the topic anyways tomorrow i'm gonna be out again what else i'm really really happy that you made it till here and then if you liked it please be sure to subscribe rate review and i think that's it and share it with your friends this is always the best that you can do to support me on that don't forget that you will find around my new newsletter and uh, i'm gonna figure it out how to make it but for now so to make you subscribe in an easy way but for now if you want to subscribe to it i just went out with one issue 
just send me an email or send me a message. Hello at calamaro.cc, it's my email, and calamaro.cc on Instagram. Please do it. That said, I will keep on continue reading and studying about some bikepacking bags set up. This year is going to be a long summer to explore this country that hosts me and I'm talking about Switzerland because I don't think I will have so much time to go out and any possibility to go out. But still, long overnighter, weekender, bike rides, bikepacking stuff is going to be good so I need to set up the perfect way with bags and stuff on my bike. Well, thanks a lot for listening. It's a couple of hours that you're listening to me now. It's not a couple, it's just one hour and 15 minutes probably. So thanks a lot. I will talk to you next week. Bye.